This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, I kind of threw out the question there as we were getting the uh, cold weather update from the National Weather Service office in Billings. You know, we were talking about Gallon. Uh, the wind chill was 59 below zero. And in at least one uh, one weather station here in Montana. But, yeah, I mean, he was saying how uh, this could be what the coldest temperature they've re- recorded at the Billings Airport since, I think, 1997. And so I threw out the question if, if anybody's tracking school closures or anything like that. Uh, although, although anymore, you know, most people, you know, 30 years ago, you, you know, you needed to, to get the information about a school closure from a TV station or your radio station. And, and now, man, you're getting automatic alerts. You're getting phone calls. But I did hear from, from our friends down the hall, Mark and Paul, uh, it sounds like some there's some school buses that aren't running in some of the smaller towns. Uh, I think I, I briefly overheard uh, uh, Roundup, Broadview, Absorkey. They don't they don't have school buses running today. So, uh, but uh, George, as far as you and I know, it our kids are better be getting their butts up going to school right now. Yeah, they better be up and ready right now. <laughs> get out there and warm those cars up. Oh, yeah, oh, exactly. I tell you what, Aaron. Um, I'm just going to say this, and I don't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> if your kids wearing shorts to school today. They need to be sent back to the sixth grade. Start them over because they have not learned what they need to know to survive in this world. I'm just saying. And I joke about that, but it's really serious when it's this cold out there because if they do run in a ditch or they do get stuck somewhere or yeah. whatever, they're going to be stuck there. They're not going to get out and and uh, be walking anywhere. Oh, we hear you. Stuff, you. We know? hear you, but they'll still do it. Oh, I know. Well, and even I'm, if mom and dad send them out the house with all the cold weather gear on, they're going to ditch it the well, moment they get out the house. At least know? if you do that, then you're still a parent. That's right. If you give in to what they're doing, <laughs> then you're not the parent anymore. Well, i got to send you down to go uh, give the dad talk to Mark Wilson, one of the breakfast flakes down the hall. Sixth grade. I think he's older than you, but Sixth grade. he's wearing shorts right now. Sixth grade. <laughs> Send him back. <laughs> They'd love him in sixth grade. He'd be like Adam Sandler. Or, exactly. Uh, what was it, Billy Madison? Yeah. He'd be the most popular kid in school. Oh, I'm sure of it. He but... would just do, do his uh, his infectious laugh, and the kids would love him, and the teachers, well, the teachers would probably get mad because he'd say something they oh, wouldn't agree probably. with. But, you you know, know, once you get to a certain age, it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, if you were in the military and then you get quite a bit older like I am now, you think, and you're like, I don't think I could make it today because I'd be too much of a smart mouth. You know, <laughs> it's like, what? You want me to do what? Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, Aaron, so I've been seeing a lot of stories about military recruiting, and we'll talk about a few of these. I'm going to kind of lump them all together, but one thing that I noticed uh, is there's, there's a story at military.com about uh, white recruits yeah. are down largely, so mm-hmm. they're not recu- recruiting the white recruits. Um, I saw that uh, this rear admiral in the Navy, uh, Cheeseman is his name. He's got a plan where the Navy's not going to miss their goal this year. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And it's something we've heard of before. Is it good or is it cheese? Cheese man. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> There's, you know, if, if our buddy John Jackson was here, he might use another word for cheese man. But uh, oh, anyway, all right. No, this is a big story. This one caught my eye earlier in the week as well. So uh, let's start there right after this Freedom Friday, George Blackard. Here is your Montana news with a scam alert. You may receive an email from the Montana Department of Transportation informing that you ran a red light. The incident was captured on camera and a ticket has been issued 
But not to worry, you can pay the fine by clicking on the handy link provided. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a fraudulent email. Montana is one of a few states that prohibit by law the use of stoplight cameras to generate traffic tickets. This alone will alert you that the email is a fake. Another clue is the from address doesn't end in .gov. Now the address could have GOV in it, but it won't end in .gov. So if you receive such an email, you may blissfully delete it. And if you receive any emails that offer to pay online or demands immediate action, they are likely frauds. Call the actual agency to verify and send no money. You can find this story by Michelle Wolf at MontanaTalks.com. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. For today, a winter weather advisory continuing and a wind chill advisory continues into the weekend for Bozeman. For today, we'll have some lingering snow showers ending early on. Otherwise, high temperatures only reaching up into the teens below zero. Then for tonight, slight chance for some evening snow showers, lows to 25 to 30 below. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. I'm weatherology meteorologist Michael Carroll. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, Freedom Friday with George Blackard in the house here uh, on this uh, very chilly sub-zero day. Uh, yeah, let me do a couple of quick temperatures for you here. Kalispell, west of the divide, 14 below zero. Bozeman, 18 below zero. Cutbank uh, is the coldest in actual temperatures that are on this list in front of me, 29 below zero. But at 10 o'clock last night on the McDonald Pass, they had 59 below zero for the wind chill. Uh, George, this was a big story that caught my eye earlier this week. I almost mentioned it earlier in the week, but then I figured, heck, if all else fails, it could be a possible Freedom Friday story to talk about. So Jeremy Carl, we've had Jeremy on the show before. He's a senior fellow with the Claremont Institute, but he lives in Bozeman. And he's actually written a book, and I, I think it comes out soon, where he's talking about anti-white racism and and the destructiveness of anti-white racism. And I, I think most of us agree all racism is bad, but but anti-white racism has been tolerated. But on a related front here, I, I sent this story to Jeremy, and he says he might end up writing a column about this. Maybe we can share it on our Montana Talks website. But, yeah, the Military Times website has this headline, Army Sees Sharp Decline in White Recruits. What's your take? Well, you know, I think it's a sign of the ridiculous policies that the military has now. You know, if they were just focused on um, defeating our enemies and winning wars instead of letting uh, trans people in and paying for different surgeries and things like that and and all of that nonsense, then uh, I don't think they'd be seeing this. If they were professional the way they should be, focused on what they're supposed to be doing instead of uh, equity and inclusion and societal things like that, this wouldn't even be a problem. Well, you know, your biggest freedom fighters, and Victor Davis Hanson, the great military historian who's at Stanford University and the Hoover Institute, uh, Victor Davis Hanson would, would tell you, like, okay, you look back, like, like who are, your, who are some of your best freedom fighters? 
like the people that, that they join to defend their land. They're not just joining because they get some free college money or, well, I got nothing better going on, so what the heck. Or No, these are, these are people who love the land that they farm. They, 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 these are small town kids from, from places like you in Kansas, from Montana. And, and, and these, these farm kids are, are your freedom fighters. And, and in the combat arms branches, the infantry and, and a lot of special operations, you'll, you'll see, uh, I would bet on a per capita basis, you'll see a higher numbers of these, of these flyover country farm and ranch kids be, for that very reason because they don't want to just be in the military because it's a good opportunity and they can get some gi bill money they want to fight and they want to be on the tip of the spear right absolutely and there there's different reasons people join that's one of them love of country just uh they are appreciative for what they have uh you have some that join because of college you know they want money uh then you have others that uh it's a family deal you know a family tradition and and they feel inclined to do it because of that but uh, you know at least here's the thing when i was in there's another way you could join the military and that's if a judge said you go to jail or join the military <laughs> one of those two things and and they used to do that well now you don't even have to go to jail so there's well, forget so that why would yeah what was the uh, did you have this cadence in in the navy boot camp where you go to war go to jail Got a letter in the mail. <laughs> go to war, go to jail. Now they're like, well, we're not going to send you to jail anyway. Right. So, yeah, so you can't even no. sing that case Yeah, you can't. It's I mean, out it the window. Yeah, so I think times have changed, but here's the thing. And don't get me wrong, Aaron. There were uh, gay people in the military when I was in there. Always has been. And you know what? Some of them were some of the greatest sailors that, that I knew. But nobody made a deal out of it. They didn't talk about it. It was not a thing. It wasn't a problem. But because the military and our government has decided to go the route they have, you know, it's ridiculous that uh, back then men didn't wear women's uniforms. It just that didn't happen. And now that's promotion points. Now you're going to make the battalion oh, command list if you're a man wearing a wearing a uh, a woman's uniform. Well, yeah, but it's just ridiculous. But it's our military mindset. Is uh, we have a lot of politicians running the military now, and I'm when I say politicians, I'm talking generals and admirals and and that sort of thing. They they don't care anymore about winning wars. Just like this cheeseman, all right. This this guy, he he says this cheese man, cheese man. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, Vice Admiral Rick Cheeseman, uh, Chief of Naval Personnel. He's confident he's got a fix for the Navy's recruiting woes, and that. He is going to hit his goal. He's not going to miss by 40000 like everybody thinks it is. But the reason he's going to do it is a data-driven process that he's adopted. A data-driven process. Now, George, when I hear a data-driven process, I think, okay, we're going to reach out to some high-tech folks in Bozeman, Montana, or Silicon Valley and say, guys, show me the data. Who are the best people that we could recruit that are that are actually likely to want to still join the military even after the COVID vaccine mandates and this uh, this woke nonsense. But that's probably not what's going to happen here, right? No, you're correct. You're pretty wise there, Aaron. So, well, you give me a heads up before the break. Well, yeah. what's going on is they're going to rework the testing requirements, so they're lowering the standards. That's how they're going to meet this. And I think he's wrong. I don't think that's going to help. Um, but they're lowering the standards on testing to get in. They're also looking at lowering the uh health standards so there's they're saying you know the medical standards that used to have to meet to get in there um ah, we're going to take you if you've had some issues you were just telling me about some can we talk about this well i probably wouldn't talk about that case in particular okay. but i i would say just in general i that's why i would say on some of the medical stuff like 
man, you and I have met some incredible patriots. Yeah. Who are who are tougher, stronger, faster than you and I probably even. And uh, and they couldn't join the military because they had this thing when they were a kid or that thing when they were a kid. So some of it I could see that. But I think your, your bigger point about how, oh, this is a data-driven process. Yeah, they're, they're fudging the numbers. They're lowering the standards. That seems to be the big picture of what they're doing here. Uh, all right, we'll talk more on this story. Get to your calls as well after this. Saving you money, I'm Hillary Barsky. As high inflation continues to take a toll on households, many Americans are looking to pick up a second job this year to help make ends meet or achieve financial goals. There are some side hustles that can help supplement your income. And according to freelance gig hub Fiverr, there are some in the tech space that are high in demand and come with some nice extra cash like website developers also demand for app developers continue to surge and as video centric platforms and social media channels grow in popularity video editing specifically for short form content is a valuable skill to have as a side gig also having a broad expertise in social media could create some great financial opportunities and businesses are eager to explore artificial intelligence and see how they can integrate generative AI into their organization and are on the lookout for freelance AI experts to complete or complement projects. Saving you money, Hillary Barsky, Fox News. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. Well, the largest potato expo in history concluded yesterday in Austin, Texas. And of course, Montana is renowned for its seed potatoes, I was able to catch up with Manhattan, Montana's Tim Van Huysen, who said Potato Expo is a way for he and his fellow Montana seed potato producers to be successful out in the countryside. For me, it's super important to um, uh, get down here. It's face-to-face um, uh, meetings with interactions with customers, clients, um, uh, new technology. Uh, it's really kind of a must-see for the potato industry, and um, uh, it's been very well worth the time. Uh, a lot of what we're hearing here today, is, or this whole week, is um, uh, t- topics about uh, fuels and um, uh, fertilizer, um, uh, kind of where we go, some of the markets that we, um, uh, some of our alternative markets, and, and getting to uh, visit about those, um, uh, visiting with our vendors, seeing where maybe their pricing is going, um, uh, maybe what the pricing of our product is, um, uh, kind of a unique thing in our world in the state of Montana is um, uh, we're not part of the commodity uh, market. And so uh, there's a lot of negotiations in our, um, in our price structures and um, uh, the importance of that relationship. Business is built on relationships, and uh, that's what we get to experience here at Potato Expo. Potato Expo 2025 is heading to Las Vegas next year. I'm Lane Nordmond. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. Let's sneak in a phone call, and then uh, I do want to come back to this story about uh, the Army seeing a sharp decline in white recruits. We know that that the military is, uh, you know, by and large, I think, other than the Marine Corps, Marine Corps has still met some of their goals, but I've got to think that even those goals are lower than what what they otherwise could have been. And so so the military is just failing to meet their recruitment goals. You know, in the wake of COVID-19, the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, and, and just the woke political garbage, 
Uh, but they're seeing a sharp decline in white recruits in particular. And why is that significant? We touched on it already. We're going to talk about it a little bit more. But first, let's get into the phone lines. We've got Sue in Billings. Uh, Sue, thanks for the call. And uh, what's on your mind this morning? Hey, good morning. morning. Um, so who saw any electric vehicles driving into work today? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't... I have to see if my well, right? my I don't know if my neighbor's out out rolling around this week, but uh, I, yeah. No. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, the whole state of Montana would shut down. It's yeah. ridiculous. And do you think those people in Iowa on Monday driving to the caucus are going to be in an electric vehicle? No. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's a ploy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we uh, we work on that. Maybe a you know maybe if, if you just have a short commute I guess like you know if you live on the west end of Billings and you just got to go to you know Walmart like okay I mean you know I'm uh, you know it's, I'm assuming it'll be fine yeah, I'm hoping besides the fact that it exponentially uses the battery at a faster rate oh exactly then you're going to have people plugging in and not having their dryers work at home because the grid goes down I mean it's ridiculous how can people even begin to think that it would work someplace like here. Yeah. Or Iowa. Well, or and school buses. I mean, the the right, normal right. school buses in 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 some communities this morning, normal school buses are not running, Aren't right? Running. I think exactly. they're running in Billings, so I don't want to put out any, any, any you know, make anybody think otherwise <laughs> there, but but what if they what if these rural communities were to accept or were to be forced these these electric vehicle school buses that Kamala right. Harris is pushing out there? I mean, uh, right. Again, is it like the Pony Express where you got to have a different EV bus meet you every every 40, 50 miles so that you don't, you know, get stuck on the side of the road? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, which, which then all the sports teams are screwed. I mean, it's I, people. I, it stuns me that people can't think through this. Oh, exactly. So, yeah. Well, great phone call. Great to hear from you, Sue. Thanks for calling in. So, Sue, that, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, Hertz. Uh, the rental car company is dumping a third of its EV fleet, 20,000 cars. They're dumping them because they're unreliable and they cost too much to repair. So they're going back to gas cars because, hey, you know, it's not profitable to have these. It's not uh, economically sound. They say that uh, they've been bleeding money from that fleet because they cost a fortune to fix and they lose value fast. Interesting. Yeah, because you don't... We don't really know what the long-term maintenance costs are going to be, how how quickly the battery might go dead. And and when the battery goes dead, that's not like, you know, no. the, the, the $7,500 battery you get from, from the car uh, parts place. Right. These, that's your engine going yeah, down. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And that reminds me of this family that, you know, they're on board with all this green stuff. They go out and they get their daughter a uh, two- or three-year-old car, two- or three-year-old electric car. They paid $15,000 for it. Again, no resale value in these. And they think, well, this is a good deal. They get the car. A few months later, they have a problem. They go to the dealer. The dealer says, you need to replace the battery in this car, and it's going to be $16,000. More, a 1000 more than they paid for the whole car. Wow. So that gives you an idea. So if I were you, I wouldn't be out there running around buying used vehicles. And if the used vehicle market goes to crap on these things... And we start stacking these up. What happens to them then? Now you got thousands of basically giant batteries sitting around. Yeah. 
you know, how do you dispose of that? Well, I'll tell you what, you and I were talking about copper during the break. I'd start stripping those things of all the copper in them because they got four times the amount of copper inside of an EV that your normal vehicle uses. Better fire the copper mines back up, right? <laughs> and so, you know, you have that problem with it. Nobody's talking about this stuff, really, not in government anyway, because somebody's getting rich off of all this and all the subsidies or subsidies that the government is giving them. So it just doesn't make sense yet. And the government just keeps pushing it. So, you know, it's funny, George, as you're talking, this is great information you're sharing. Um, I, I put together like my weekend reading material. Oh, yeah. David Noble gave me a copy of Reason Magazine. I've got, uh, let's see, from rags, from riches to rags, the causes of fiscal deterioration since 2001. That was sent to me by Marco in Malta. But another one I've got is Robert Bryce. My U.S. Senate testimony on EPA's EV mandates, unrealistic and unattainable. Um, I might have to read that one before the weekend now, just since since it came up and people are interested. But I do have some audio. Uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, there was a, this is a Daily Caller PC. You never know what we're going to get to. You never know what we're going to talk about. Your phone calls drive the conversation. But Josh Hawley uh, basically called out a Biden Department of Energy Administration official over these electric vehicle uh, mandates and how it's all just benefiting China. So I'll play that clip for you next. We'll get reaction from George, and then we'll jump back to the military recruitment conversation as well. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Houthi rebels in Yemen say five of their members are killed in U.S.-led airstrikes. President Biden said the strikes were carried out in direct response to unprecedented Houthi attacks in the Red Sea, adding that those attacks uh, threatened U.S. personnel, civilians, and, of course, trade in the region. Fox's Kevin Court. Republican presidential candidates have three days left to campaign before the first in the nation Iowa caucuses. While former President Trump was in a New York court, his son Don Jr. spoke out in Iowa. We're not going to stop. Vivek Ramaswamy sounding not too concerned about his low poll numbers. I believe we're going to see a massive surprise. Nikki Haley hoping voters are engaged. Monday matters. While Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says no one knows what the turnout's going to be. Till NATO, Fox News. President Biden gives a speech about the economy today in Allentown, Pennsylvania. America's listening to Fox News. All right, here you go. This is Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. He had a Biden Department of Energy official uh, in front of him in the U.S. Senate. Let's talk a little bit about who's who is really benefiting from this administration's climate agenda and from these draconian electric vehicle mandates. So, Mr. Turk, you've already alluded to this. I know you know the answer to these questions. Currently, one nation accounts for 60% of the world's electric vehicle production. That nation is? China. Yeah. One nation accounts for 76% of the world's lithium-ion battery production. That nation is? China. Yet your administration, this president's administration... The mandates that you put in place require that two-thirds of our new vehicle sales in just the next eight years, two-thirds of them, be electric vehicles. Your policies are driving us and our supply chains into the hands of our greatest geostrategic enemy, enriching them, enriching their government, while forcing Americans to pay for electric vehicles that on average cost $7,000 more on average than a traditional vehicle are more expensive to repair and insure, require more frequent replacements of, of everything from tires to component parts. So, uh, Mr. Turk, why, why is it good for the American worker 
that we force our supply chains to a country that's our greatest rival and adversary. And why is it good for the American consumer? Yeah. Uh, anyway, some other additional great questions there. That the Biden official sounded like a backup rapper, didn't he? You know, like who's making the money? China. Uh, you know, <laughs> who benefits? China. China. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I tell you what. There's got to be a way if the government is going to force everybody to have these electric cars. The government's buying fleets and fleets of them. Um, if you could figure out a way to get in the business of repairing these one way or another, there's got to be a niche that's going to make somebody a multimillionaire because they jumped on it early on. But, you know, people are getting rich off of this, Aaron, at the expense of everyone else. And and that's, it's ridiculous. I, I just don't I don't see how we continue to let this happen. Yeah. And did somebody just send you another news article about electric vehicles that relates to the discussion, or did you just pull that up? No, I just saw another one that was talking about the the collision and uh, repair costs, and just the maintenance of these is twice what it is normal vehicles. So I, how what they're trying to do, Aaron, it appears, is make it so that you can't afford a car, so that you don't own one. I, I just... It doesn't make any sense. Well, you know, it was interesting. There was a story earlier this week uh, that in Europe, the radical environmentalists are deflating tires on cars or slashing tires on cars. They they deliberately slash the tires of a Tesla electric vehicle. And people might think, wait, why are the environmentalists trashing electric vehicles? And they say that e we can't electric uh, something electricize our way out of this crisis. And, and to your point, George, they are they are telling you what their goal is. They don't want you to have a car. They don't want you to drive. They don't want you to own anything. And they say you're going to like it. You will own nothing and you will like it. When the World Economic Forum and these radical leftists tell you what their plans are, listen. Because they're, they're stating exactly what they're trying to do. This is the Montana Economic Minute. Let's put emotions aside and imagine a future where nuclear power was a viable option. What kinds of things would have to happen to make it a reality? The answer is just two simple words, lower costs. Construction cost overruns on nuclear plants are well known, but operating costs compared to conventional alternatives can be uncompetitive as well. Part of what drives those high costs is the technology and what it requires to make it work. Perhaps innovation can bring those down. But large measures driven by regulators' insistence that any risk of accident is not tolerable, no matter how small. Other options are possible. Imagine building plants with no nuclear-specific safeguards. Beyond, say, putting buffer zones around them in places where radiation from accidents would be unacceptably high. Imagine coming to terms with the fact that in a world with many such plants, some accidents would occasionally occur, where irrational fear were replaced with trade-offs and acceptable risks. I'm Patrick Barkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic... Hey, from Hunter Biden's circus act on Capitol Hill to the presidential town hall with Trump on Fox News, Chris Christie dropping out of the race. There's been a lot of big news in the news this week, but we covered what I think is the most important story, our wide open southern border. Montana Attorney General Austin Knutson testifying in support of the impeachment of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. I have his testimony, the full video and more. Go to MontanaTalks.com and, of course, full audio on our Montana Talks app as well. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
That sounds like a little Goonies soundtrack in the oh. background. A little spinoff of, uh, is that girls just want to have fun? Why something in the background? Girls? Uh, yeah, uh, George wants be... to have fun, too. I want to have fun, too. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, got a, you got a bunch of girls in your house, so, uh, oh, yeah. so uh, that, that'll, that'll keep you busy. That'll keep you busy, for sure. Definitely. So I, I did a quick scan on Robert Bryce's uh, U.S. Senate testimony. I, he must have been at the same uh, Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee hearing that that Biden official was on when I played the Josh Hawley clip. So this is interesting, George. Out of 2.4 million electric vehicles on American roads at the end of 2022, more than 900,000 were in just one state. So that's ooh, ooh. what forty percent? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh. What's which? Were California. they ah California? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you know, reminds me of when Chris Farley did the Japanese game show on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And he kept getting the answer right, you know, and then he then he got it wrong. And time for torture. Oh yeah, it it's nuts. I I I think we're gonna see this. This is gonna cost a lot of people. Um, a lot of money, I think. But uh, so, so when they subsidize these EVs, they're basically subsidizing California because nearly four, what forty forty five percent of all the EVs on the road at the end of twenty twenty two were in California, and and then get this, most of these people are white guys. I thought white guys, white males. We're the people that don't deserve any privilege. We're the scourge of the earth. But man. they give all the. But the white guys are the ones benefiting from the EV uh, incentives and the EV mandates. Fifty-seven percent of EV owners earn more than a hundred thousand dollars a year. Seventy-five percent are male, and eighty-seven percent are white. So this is the the white male California incentive is what this is yeah i don't know what to tell you man i'm on that you, I'm, I'm at a loss for words <laughs> when it comes to that and one more thing they're piling up at the auto dealers around the country in november nearly 3900 automobile dealers from across the country sent a letter to biden telling him that ev demand is not keeping up with the large influx of evs arriving at the dealerships now nearly five thousand dealerships across the country have signed on to that letter so these evs are piling up all over the place and even though the prices have gone down and there's all these uh, uppity white male california uh, uh privileges for people purchasing evs they're still not buying them i'll bet ken in great falls still doesn't have an electric vehicle well i don't know if he does or not but here's the other thing so remember, he didn't a year and a half ago i'll bet you he still doesn't remember you know, you remember how they put the fires out in these things? They take a bulldozer and dig a trench, push it in there, and fill it up with water. That's how I want to go. Because <laughs> that's how I want to go. That's how they put the fire that's out. A, yeah. When they, it's my time, George, just put push me in a trench. We just. aren't ready for that. I'm, ju I'm just <laughs> saying. Oh my god. Oh man. But this goes back. You know, speaking of the uppity white male liberal privilege, there's some of the same people that are destroying our military right now with the okay. liberal politics. So Jesse Kelly is a conservative commentator. I forget which outfit he's with, but he shared a uh, he shared this Military Times piece as well. Um, Steve Bannon, not Bannon, Steve Bannon, uh, the Army's recruitment of white soldiers has plummeted in the past five years, making up much of the recruiting shortfall. And Jesse Kelly said this. I think he's a veteran, if I'm not mistaken, as well. He says, my sons will not serve. I don't have a single veteran friend who is encouraging his sons to serve. Most are actively discouraging them from doing so. And then he says this, send the pride brigade 
to fight your next ridiculous war for you. The threats to democracy are done with all that. Yeah, well, I tell you, I'm not super up on joining the military right now. Although, the other day, Aaron, I had a friend that called me and said, Hey, uh, my, uh, my friend's son is joining the Air Force. Uh, and he's right here. Do you have something you'd like to say to him? And I was like, sure, put him on the phone, you know. And I, I gave him a couple of basic things, you know, uh, like uh, that guy that's yelling at you puts his pants on the same way you do every day. And no matter how bad it gets, they can't take your birthday away. So, you know, stuff like that. I remember that one. Yeah, me. That's a great really line. Really good advice like that. But keep your mouth shut. Basically. I got talking. Even to I this, learned that one. Yeah. Talking to this young man who is very smart. I could tell very polite. He says, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The whole time. And uh, I kind of got some uh, encouragement and pride out of that. So, yeah, I'm down on it. Well, you know, there's still so many incredible folks that are that are serving. And and, you know, I'm still confident that that at the lower levels, at the unit level, that that there I mean, I've got friends, uh, you know, that I grew up with uh, from in Glasgow and friends that I went to uh, to the University of Montana with that are still serving and and you know what they're they're keeping morale up and they're supporting their troops and they're and and they're focused on what matters and and even in the midst of all this political garbage and so you know the way I see it is kind of right now a lot of the folks who are still in uh, or who are still joining and serving because they know that it's still a great opportunity um, to serve your country and and for other various reasons but especially to go to the academies, for example. But but they also know that, man, you know, eventually we got to have people in place to turn the ship around. Right. And if everybody abandons ship, how are we going to turn the ship around? Well, so that's the hard part is it's like, golly, you know, we need, we need uh, you know, strong folks to stay in or to keep joining. Leadership needs to be paying attention to that and thinking of the future because they will find themselves woefully understaffed. But here's here's how you get meet your recruiting bonus or your goals and even exceed them is the first branch. So what you do is you pull a Ford. You remember when the government started passing out all that money to the auto dealers and everybody was taking it. And at the last second, Ford goes, eh, we don't want it. They were the only ones who didn't take it. And their sales went through the roof. People loved it. People loved it. Well, same thing here. It's the Ford principle. You just say, um, we're not taking transgenders, and we're going to win wars, and we're going to fight to kill somebody's the enemy, be and that's to, all we're going to do. Somebody's got to be willing to fall so on their sword. I yeah. challenge the Marine Corps to be the first ones to step up and say, <laughs> you know what? If you're a man, you're wearing a man's uniform. And if you're a woman, sorry, you're still wearing a man's uniform. That's what they fought for. But anyway, it's to be serious. The first branch that does that is going to hit all their recruiting goals. Smallest military in 80 years. Uh, smallest military in 80 years. But the world's quiet. There's nothing going on. We didn't just launch airstrikes into another country in well, the Middle East. Think quiet. about it. Pe- think, very peaceful. Very peaceful. Think Friends. about it, Aaron. Every time a Democrat gets in office, our military gets smaller because they cut spending and all that to our military. This is just another way to do it without saying we're cutting spending to military. Exactly. We're going to reduce the numbers in our military by having ridiculous policies and things like that. And then we can say we didn't cut the budget to the military. They have despised the military I, since I was a kid in the Reagan 80s. They despised Reagan rebuilding our military. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 and, and, and the American media is largely dominated by these 
anti-war activists, nut jobs who were spitting in the faces of our troops when they came home from Vietnam. And they're the people that are running our media, by and large, across this country right now. So we wonder why our country's in such a mess. Well, it's not just the politicians in Washington. It's the people running the media in this country, by and large, too. But but the point I wanted to make is I, I see the people that are staying in and the people that are still getting in. It's kind of like the stay-behind teams that we left on the other side of the wall, on the other side of the Iron Curtain in Germany. Okay, war's over. People are back home having parades and partying and celebrating the end of World War II. But there were people that stayed behind because they knew that, that there was going to be another threat on the horizon. And so they stayed behind and they hid behind enemy lines and they were the stay-behind teams. And, and oh. many, many many of the men who were the direct descendants of the first special service force that trained at Fort Harrison, Montana. And so uh, that's kind of where folks who are right now, they're the stay-behind teams that are going to be there to turn this ship around. Yeah, you remember how fast the Berlin Wall went up after the war was over. and, and because we knew the Russians were going to be the next big threat. Well, and you were around we back it. then, too, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, I'm not that old, but, you know... That's, that's not what Ryan told me. Ryan, our Marine friend, said, no, George is really old, man. There you he go. is ancient. Well, I, I am, actually. But, you know, the, the sad part is the way we withdrew from Afghanistan, we just yanked everybody out. You remember that? And left everything behind, and we saw what happened there. Mm -hmm. Created a vacuum, and, and we left all that military hardware and gear and stuff for the enemy, essentially, and and uh, it, we didn't used to do things that way, but, you know, and I yeah. don't think we would have done things that way now if it hadn't been for Joe Biden. Yeah, we, we left, and instead of leaving $85 billion of equipment behind, which was more money than the annual Russian military budget, uh, instead of leaving with waving the white flag, we left waving the rainbow flag. That's right. And, uh, and remember, these people, so you can say what you want to, but if you watched the video of us withdrawing from there. There were people clinging to the outsides of oh, airplanes. Haunting images. Falling off the, the landing gear, all that stuff, because they were so desperate to get out of the country. Oh, I mean, can you imagine the, the, the C-17 uh, crew, flight crew, mm -hmm. and pilots knowing that they, they had to get out of there. They, they had to do what they had to do, but knowing that there were people clinging to the belly of your aircraft that were falling off midair because they were just so desperate because of that disastrous withdrawal. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the big point here is, is exactly what George is saying. The COVID vaccine mandates, kicking troops to the curb, the woke politics. Don't they realize what they're doing to harm our military? Yes, because they're doing it on purpose. They've been trying to do it for decades. News commentary. On top of providing free health care to illegals, California will also cover their sex changes. I'm Tammy Laren. More next. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, listen to the all-new Brett Bear Podcast featuring Common Ground, talking to lawmakers weekly from opposite sides of the political spectrum about the issues of the day and how Americans can find common ground in a politicized world. That's just not happening on Capitol Hill. It takes leadership, right? Yeah, it absolutely does. Along with all your Brett Bear favorites like the campaign, the candidates, the all-star panel, and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. California, or more accurately, California taxpayers, will be covering the full scope of Medi-Cal benefits for illegal immigrants. Now, that alone is estimated to cost taxpayers around $3.1 and that's $3.1 billion taxpayers cannot afford. But if you thought this care was limited to emergency room or pregnancy care, well, think again. It is California, after all, so right on brand, this Medi-Cal expansion to cover roughly 700,000 illegal immigrants will also cover, drumroll please, their sex changes. I kid you not, according to the 
the Medi-Cal memo, this will cover the cost for hormone therapy, procedures, and even ancillary services such as hair removal. Excuse me if I don't shed a tear over illegal immigrants with body hair incongruent with their gender identity. Work harder, Americans. Gender-confused illegals are depending on you. I'm Tommy Laren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Laren is Fearless, at Outkick.com. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. Or if that resume was from someone who worked 12-hour shifts at the recycling company with my dad, who's 72. That taught me a work ethic that I carry with me every day. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone. Growing up where I did, a lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals. But I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond a resume and look to grads of life. Discover new ways to develop great talent that are so much more than what's on paper at gradsoflife.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. Four. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, just a few minutes left here in this 7 o'clock hour of the show. I was looking at my calendar. I was like, man, what do we got coming? I know we got some big stuff coming up here for the rest of the morning because I was going to ask George, man, George, if it's too cold for work, you could stick around here and join us on the way. You still could, actually, if you want to stick around and join us. But you got work to do. Uh, I got to go sit in a quiet, empty building with nothing going on. There you go. Well, you're still going to work. It is because it's a great opportunity to do a lot of stuff. Well, you can get more work done sometimes when nobody else is around. That's why I like working early in the mornings because then when everybody else finally shows up around 10 11 in the morning it's like everybody wants to get all chatty kathy and it's like man i still got work to do and i got 150 emails that i haven't even checked yet and i got the governor's office calling and yeah it's like man and golly uh but uh um well anyway no we got a great lineup coming up um state senator jeremy trebus out of great falls and state senator daniel zolnikoff out of billings they're both going to be with us in the eight o'clock hour we're going to be talking about uh uh, about the affordable housing bills that were shot down by this judge. Daniel's a great guy. I love talking to him. Well, he's you know, smart. He's up to speed on everything. He, he's a he's a lot. He's of fun. great. And he, well, I remember you know how we started this whole Freedom Friday right. thing with George was I was gone for military training for like a month, and uh, and Zolnikov was gracious enough to fill in for me. And he started bringing George in once a week, and I was like, "That's a genius idea." I'm like, "Man, hey, George, would you want to keep doing that?" And he uh, said, "Yeah." So like, he is so much fun because he's so intelligent and smart, yeah. and and he's down to earth, and he'll speak to you, you know, on your level, whatever that is. And he doesn't just how pander, low or how high it is. And he doesn't just pander and rehash talking right. points. Like he he looks at things from a different perspective and talk covers a lot of things like artificial intelligence. Yeah. That, he carried a bill for me one time. Oh, really? I was trying to get uh, the state of Montana to recognize Veterans Day as a as a uh, day that veterans could have the day off. And it was crazy because the bill, it wasn't going to cost the state anything. All it said was a veteran, if he asked for the day off and his company could afford to let him off that day, he got the day off. 
But, and they could say, well, we're too busy, you're too critical, we can't do it. And then you couldn't. So really, it wasn't that big a deal. But, oh, hell no, they're not going to go with that. Iowa does it. That's where I got the idea. But no, it, 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 is, it is always funny when it's like Veterans Day or something like that. It's like, man, I'm here working. But, man, look at all these veterans that are getting the day off. That's all right. Whatever. Yeah, what Good for heck? you. That's right. Good for hey, you. Hey, don't forget. Uh, Monday's a holiday, and I get it off. You get Monday off? I've worked my hey, whole life until I went to work for this company. I've never had that day off. All right. Well, so, we'll be here Monday. You can come join us Monday well, if you want. Hey, you want to come I, hang I out? I might sleep in. It's yeah. supposed to be cold still. I'm, I think I'm staying in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. By the way, I heard there is a – did I hear it during uh, the Farm and Ranch report from uh, Lane Nordland this morning? He said St. George – Kansas is there a town called St. George, uh, Kansas? I, I'm from right there. I was going to say because yeah, I mean you are St. George of Kansas. Oh, there you George go, Blackard yeah. from Kansas. Yeah, don't let anybody in Kansas hear you say that. <laughs> but no, that's in northeast Kansas. That's right up uh, close to where I'm from. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, what else was I going to say here? Oh, let me give a quick shout out here. Hey, uh, yesterday we had a great conversation with Dr. Dale Williams with Billings Last Diet. Uh, shared a ton of great information, and I know a lot of people right, right now. It's January, and man, you you put on some pounds over the holidays you already had a few extra pounds on you before the holidays you're starting to get depressed here here's the deal uh we've got listeners that, that have lost 50 pounds 60 pounds 90 pounds over 100 pounds thanks to billings last diet but better yet they're keeping that weight off because of the change in lifestyle uh, that comes uh, thanks to their diet coaches and their great food products and more. So if you're looking to lose some weight, maybe you just want to do a quick tune-up. I'm doing a quick tune-up myself, just a two-week tune-up, just to trim down a little bit before the SHOT Show in Vegas. Uh, you can do a tune-up, or if you got a lot of weight to, to lose, they'll make it happen. they got a free seminar coming up again next week. Check out BillingsLastDiet.com or call 294-6751. Uh, George, we got less than a minute to go. What do you want to wrap with well, here this morning? you know, I, I just think that uh – I want to encourage everybody to keep your chin up, stay positive. Uh, not everything is horrible in the world, and not everything is horrible with our country. Uh, you got to look for the positive stuff because the media is not going to give it to you, but it's out there. So, you know, uh, stay positive and, and stay involved and pay attention. That's right. Uh, and, hey, George, this is for you, but uh, for all of our listeners, frankly, uh, if you are in the Huntley, Warden, Ballantyne, you know, Stephen Ballantyne, we're looking at you, buddy. Um, we're going to be doing our show live from Warden, Montana, Tuesday morning. So if you got any friends you want to send out, we're going to be at the On the Rocks Bar and Grill, uh, apparently an incredible new restaurant out in Warden. So come down and see us for Tuesday morning show or send people our way. You get a call or message that mentions Social Security that made you feel threatened or scared. That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, press you for personal information, or demand instant payment. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Don't fall for it. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to oig.ssa.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. 